What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jake LaCarnes, joined as always on my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, several big things to talk about tonight, but this will be our last prediction episode. Uh, at the top, we're going to talk about the Corky Kell Classic, something you and I got to attend yesterday here in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Then we're going to make our final predictions for the 2022 season. So we're going to have our picks for our New Year's Six Bowls, our college football playoff, our winners in the playoff, our national champion, our Heisman, our coach of the year. Uh, yeah, that covers it. So that will that will wrap up all of our predictions. We've gone through every conference, every division, every conference champion. We, we Excuse me, we've talked overrated and underrated teams. And then, man, next week we get to pick some games. So I'm excited we've made it. We actually have week zero football this week. So maybe we can talk about something you're looking forward to watching this weekend. But Daniel, let's uh let's start with Corky Kell. You and I were in Atlanta yesterday. We got to see again, you know, living in Atlanta. We got to, you know, we get to see some of the best high school athletes in the country. I'm privileged to do that. Corky Kell puts on an awesome event every year, bringing together some of the best teams, which in turn brings together some of the best athletes. Uh, what is a highlight from yesterday that you saw at Corky Kill? Um, honestly, I love the game with uh, the main game we got to watch, which was Brookwood uh, versus Norcross. And um, I mean, seeing the the receivers and the tight end from Norcross, I felt like they had uh, you know a lot of a lot of talent. Um, but you know, seeing Brookwood uh, take that take that win. Um, Dylan Lonergan quarterback that's committed to Alabama had a great, um, had a great game and down the stretch was just too much. We saw him play last year. Um, I believe that was against Collins Hill when Travis Hunter was there. So it was like get, cool getting to see him year over year. Um, who's, you know, going to be a D one quarterback. So that was really cool seeing that. And then, like I said, those couple of receivers for, uh, for Norcross, uh, one of them's committed to Georgia tech, uh, Zion Taylor. Yep, and Zion then, Taylor, and then Nakai pulls the other one, and then uh, Lawson Lucky, the tight end, is going to Georgia. So uh, you could definitely see the size difference of those guys and how they looked like big time, big time prospects. Zion Taylor, I think you know, you and I were talking about it. Not, not, not to slight Georgia Tech, really not to slight Georgia Tech, but if he has the season like what he showed, he could do. He might be making, you know, he might get more big boy offers and so he might be reconsidering things come december well you're saying especially georgia tech's gonna fire their coach <laughs> that's, i don't want to you know, get too far into it but yeah that's probably that would happen. prompt a decommitment for sure uh i'll highlight one more that we got to see caleb downs i mean he, he's a consensus top 10 player in the country uh playing for mill creek high school man when he walked out you and i were both <laughs> you looked at me and he said that's a bama safety <laughs> i mean just the way he's built and we we got to stand right up next to him he is he, he's got that size man he's, he's legit man too he, he's a legit six two he's thick he's got to be over 200 pounds he looked muscular already before getting into a college weight room he's got elite closing speed which we watch on defense and then of course we got we got to see his top end speed they ended up for their first touchdown of the game they put him at running back and right. just literally an inside zone that he just found a gap and took to the house so I think that's really, really important. You know, you talk about these these Saban and Kirby-style DBs. He mm-hmm. is cut from that cloth, and he's going to be elite at the next level. He almost had a pick six, too, and his teammate tripped him up. 
and it was you know short short of that but he was I mean, yeah he, he's one of those guys you could just tell best player on the field and the media scrum around him as he's going in and out of everything it's like hmm i wonder who the number one player ranked in georgia is i, I bet it's him i bet it's number two yeah yeah <laughs> we, we had a guy walk up through. He's like, which one's Caleb? I'm like, how about the guy with all the cameras around him right here? <laughs> I wonder which one it is. The one guy with all the cameras or the other 65 high school players in the field. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, thank you to Corky Kell uh, for having us out. That was a wonderful event. Can't wait to go back next year uh, and see more elite high school players here in the Atlanta area. Daniel, let's get to our national prediction. So luckily, you know, with the way the New Year's Six Bowls are set up, this has made semi-easy for us. You can probably do the math at home as far as, you know, who gets in these games. So let's talk through who we're going to have in our New Year's Six Bowls. We'll talk through some matchups, and then we're going to make some picks here at the end for our college football playoff. So, Daniel, let's start with the playoff as far as our semifinal games. The Peach Bowl and Fiesta Bowl are our semifinal games this year. And you and I actually have the same playoff, different records, but same playoff and the same order. So in the Peach We've got Georgia and Clemson, and then in the Fiesta Bowl, we've got Ohio State and Alabama. So Georgia being that one seed, Ohio State at the two, Alabama at the three, Clemson at the four. Only big difference is I've got Ohio State undefeated. You've got them at one loss. Rest of the same. So, I mean, you and I were talking off air, a Peach Bowl of Georgia and Clemson, man, that'd be awesome for a lot of reasons. Yes. I mean – Elite teams, obviously, but the fact that they're so close and then they get to play in Atlanta where there's a large fan base of both teams would be just an elite college football game. And the Peach Bowl traditionally is an ACC versus SEC matchup. So you're really – you're pitting the ACC champion versus the SEC champion. I mean, it's just a match made in heaven as far as I'm concerned. So I think that's just a, you know, a matchup you always look for. And then a rematch of – of sorts for uh from 2020 the national championship game in the other one with bama versus ohio state so uh exciting to to have that matchup as well a game that given the projection to what these offenses could be, could be this year as a college football fan i want to see it in the semi or in the natty i want to see it so with the way we've got it we've got it happening in the semi let's talk about the other four new year six games so the sugar bowl it's an SEC versus Big 12 game, and again, you and I have got same matchup here, different records, but uh, out of the SEC, they'll take the highest-ranked SEC team. Uh, we both have that projected as Texas A&M at 10-2, and two, and then Big 12 champion, since they're not in the playoff, Texas. So we both picked Texas to win the Big 12. Again, different records. I don't know how I'm going to look with these injuries, picking them to go 11 wins, but... I'll stand by it. You got him an eight and four, so nine and four. That's probably right. a lot more realistic. So I feel good about that. I, I think you're looking really good. Uh, yeah. But again, prior to their entrance to the SEC, how fun! I think we picked this last year too to be in the Sugar Bowl. I, I gotta know. go back and look, but I am just. I think I'm just dying to get. We're trying to Texas will this in there. Again. Yeah, we're trying to make this happen. Um, you know, you they will schedule the each now. other, so we're scheduling them you know by doing this that would be just phenomenal though if you think about just the think about the environment for your near location you know you know being a being a sugar bowl you're relatively close to both fan bases and then yeah they both would just dude i mean it would just be awesome the talking after the game oh yeah because you know what happened 
no matter whoever lost it's yeah. we didn't want to be there <laughs> I mean, yeah that's how it happens is, well we didn't want to be there you know we thought we'd be somewhere else it's just I a think, bowl game it doesn't I even think count texas a&m though would have an immense pressure on themselves for being the sec team for yes. all this time and Number if texas were class. to beat them in that moment i think that it would almost completely tilt the scales back in texas's favor for when Texas joins the SEC in a couple of years. So because there's I nothing think, like getting Texas fans hope up, like beating an SEC team in the Sugar Bowl. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's how you that's how you declare Texas is back. Uh not that long ago that <laughs> Texas beat George in the Sugar Bowl. Uh didn't work out so well that time. But that would be hey, let's speak it into existence. Start the campaign now. We gotta make I this happen as fans. Yeah. So uh, Texas, do your job. AM, do your job. And we can make this thing happen. Uh, Orange Bowl. So, as this is an ACC versus either an SEC Big Ten or Notre Dame team in the Orange Bowl. So, uh, Daniel, I've got Miami and Notre Dame. You've got Miami and your LSU Tigers. That's uh, right. 10 and 2. 10 so and 2 LSU. We both Used got, that's right. We both got Miami at 10 and 3. I've got Notre Dame at 10 and 2. You've got LSU at 10 and 2. I think this will be a very fun game in the Miami Miami Notre Dame game. Notre Dame played there. Was that under Mark Richt where they had that big game there? Notre Dame came in and Miami beat them. Yeah. Uh, so in the Orange Bowl will be a lot of fun. Obviously, Notre Dame fans travel very well there. So that'll be a blast to see that game. Kind of a quasi ACC game as it is. Uh game of old superpowers. So I would love to see that game. And then Daniel, you've got Miami and LSU, so that'd be a fun matchup. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Um, it's looking like Jaden Daniels probably going to be the starting quarterback for LSU. Um, so what a quarterback matchup with Tyler Van Dyke and Jaden Daniels, two, two you know, guys who have played at the highest level. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, two first-year coaches that are both coming in with a ton of expectations, even for a first year. So – Brian Kelly coming into a storied program and then Mario coming to just revive something that's been dormant for so long, you know, Kelly, it's only been dormant for two years, you know, but Cristobal, I mean, it's been dormant for decades. So um, that's definitely something to, to watch there. You remember the last time LSU and Miami played? Was it in the peach bowl? It was the opening game in 20. 18. It was like the Sunday night game. They played in Houston. It was Joe Burrow's first game as LSU starting oh, quarterback. Okay. So I laid the points with Miami and I think LSU went like 33 to 17 or something like that. Uh, spanked him. And I had some, you know, shout out to Chris Dotson. He was like, dude, this Joe Burrow kid's going to be good. Of course he didn't pop that year, but yeah, that was we, his... all, we all know Joe Burrow now. Yeah. Just took one more year. Uh, the Rose bowl, the quote unquote granddaddy of them all. Uh, all kidding aside, Rose Bowl is a nice environment. It's phenomenal, uh, yeah. So, uh, Big Ten versus Pac-12, of course. So, I have next highest-rated Big Ten team, Michigan at 10-2 against Pac-12 champion Utah. Daniel, you've got Pac-12 champion Utah against, you know, next highest-ranked Big Ten team, Wisconsin at 10-3, winning that West. So, you know, I'd love to see Michigan and Utah play. I think this would be a fun, like, very good defense on both sides and then, very efficient offense on both sides. Very two very similar teams, and so I'd love to see that matchup in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I'm 
you know, I know it's, it's, we're projecting Wisconsin plays that same kind of game usually, but, you know, we keep wanting to see what happens with Graham Mertz. I kind of taking that, you know, with their offensive coordinator and everything, uh, I do think they're going to open it up. And so I think that that would be kind of more of a wide open game for that, that aspect. It's going to be a little bit different than Michigan playing. You know, the Cotton Bowl in Dallas on uh, Jerry World uh, at large game this year. So highest ranked group of five uh, team as well as highest ranked just whoever team so at large spot. Bingo. I've got UCF out of the American at 11 to 2 against Penn State going 10 to 2. You've also got UCF at 11 to 2 out of the American and then Oregon at 10 to 3, another Pac 12 team. I love that. I mean, hey, two Pac-12 teams in the year six bowls, that is a step in the right direction for the Pac-12. Uh, I'd love to see, you know, I'm high on Penn State this year. So seeing them back in the Cotton Bowl would be phenomenal. I think it's the, their first New Year's six game since they played Memphis in the Cotton Bowl a couple of years back. So would love to see that. I mean, UCF, man, to, big news today. Your, your boy, your boy's name starting yeah. quarterback. John Rich Plumley, he's in, um, and he's not going anywhere. So excited about that. Um, just a note on the Pac-12 thing that you mentioned, if this does come to fruition and Utah and Oregon make it, it's two Pac-12 teams that are staying. So that's even bigger. That's right. It's not, you know, you know USC or UCLA. So that's really big. Um, I like it because Gus Malzahn will be going against his former quarterback in Bo Nix, you know, if that were to happen. Um and then, you know, it's just it's just a fun matchup. Two former SEC quarterbacks playing in the Rose Bowl. Like, what's going on? Love you it. know? Love it. All right. Let's get to the good stuff. Last year we did this. Coach of the year. So, based on how we think the season's going to go, Daniel, who is your pick for coach of the year? Or I'm happy to go first. I, I got it. I mean. Coach of the year. Brian Kelly. 10-2 and two LSU. <laughs> hey, that, on brand. I love yeah. it. Brian Kelly. If LSU does go ten and two, I mean he's he's got to be. There's like, a really good be. chance he wins because here's the thing: most of the time, we'll get to mine in a second. It's that's very logical. Like dude, you're not gonna pick, you're not gonna pick Nick Saban, even though he can win every year. It's he the should whole, win. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the whole old like you know LeBron and MVP, uh, right. where it's like he could arguably win every year, but it's like oh well. Who else is really good? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, Saban could win every. He's the greatest of all time. Uh, but if you're not picking him, which he hardly ever wins, uh, yeah, Brian, I like that. That's on brand. I will go with Ryan Day. So again, I say it plays into you've got him losing a game. I think if they run the table, it's almost like Kirby was this past year. Georgia ran the table in the regular season for the first time, and he was the obvious choice to be coach of the year at that point. Uh, Ryan Day, if they're on the table in the Big Ten, I think it's an obvious choice to win Coach of the Year. Daniel Heisman. It's funny, last year we we actually picked Kirby Smart to win Coach of the Year, so we were one for one there. Uh, different picks this year, so we'll see who, who wins that one. I feel a little bit better that you picked Brian Kelly, so I'm, I'm feeling good about Ryan Day. Uh, Heisman, we picked C.J. Stroud last year. Daniel, I will double down because he finished second. So I will double down on C.J. Stroud. It's hard to win a Heisman twice, uh, especially back-to-back. Only one person's ever done it, right? Go back-to-back. Um, oh, God, what's his name from Ohio State? Yeah, yes. 
but it's only one. Yeah. So it even if even if he has an unreal year, if CJ Stroud's close, we're going to give it to him. So uh, if Young has an unreal year, so I would go CJ Stroud. It's a quarterback's award. You have to have a freak wide receiver season like Devontae Smith did. Now, I will say, I think Stroud's biggest competition might be Jackson Smith and Jigba. But them being on the same team, if he's throwing all those touchdowns to, to Jackson Smith and Jigba as well as more, I think he has the edge. So, Daniel, who is your Heisman pick? I have CJ Stroud as well. Yeah. CJ Stroud. I yeah. just can't. Double down. It's just tough because, like what you said, there's two obvious picks, and one of them won it last year. And I just can't, I can't pick a guy to repeat. Um, anything else, I feel like would be a hot take based on what I have the season doing. Um, you know, like Georgia, I have them winning the SEC, but I don't think that Stetson Bennett's going to win. You know, and it's a quarterback award, so I think you know for his sake, he he's not going to win that award. And so you start going through the the ranks of, of who could do what. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. CJ Stroud, he's the money answer there. I'm looking at some Heisman odds here, Daniel. Uh, of people who are not the top two, I can read off some. Who's your best value pick? You got Caleb Williams at plus 700. After that, it really jumps. Will Anderson's at plus 2,000. B. John Robertson's at, uh, Robinson at plus 2,000. DJU plus plus twenty five hundred, Quinn Ewers plus twenty eight hundred, Dylan Gabriel plus three thousand. That one's interesting. Yeah. Uh, here here's a good one, Tyler Van Dyke plus four thousand. He he's gonna have because he had great stats last year in what nine games, eight games. And you got to think he is going to have the stage. He plays AM and Clemson, maybe Clemson twice. Yeah. So like you're gonna play the teams to if you're gonna look good to against those, right? Yeah. You're gonna you're like you'll be on national TV in primetime. Uh I mean Caleb Williams at plus seven hundred isn't bad just because of the stats you're gonna put up. Honestly, Quinn Ewers, I'm worried with some of the injuries. But if that offense clicks, once again, like if you put up, you know, if you put up 30 against this Bama defense in week two. And he's throwing four touchdowns. I'm, that'll immediately bump up his stock. I'm worried for Will Anderson. Not that I think he's going to be bad. I think he's going to be phenomenal. But I think that there is a chance that he has like a Jadavion Clowney situation where he had such a good freshman and especially a sophomore year. And then everybody talked about him and then said that he's going to be this top three pick. And I think he's still going to be a top three pick no matter what, but he may not. It's not because of him really. I think that it's just like, he's getting circled by everybody for their, um, you know, he'll get doubled and triple teamed and all that kind of stuff. And you'll see guys like Dallas Turner emerge with double digit sacks this year. And they still might be the most elite pass rush out there, but you know, Will Anderson, you know, I, I hate See, I, it for him because last year was his time to win it. This year, he's probably going to – I just – I think he's going to take a step back production-wise, um, still be a great player, but he won't be a Heisman. I think he could have a worse season last year and win it, only because he's going to get some sympathy votes. He's going to get some votes from people who are like, we screwed up <laughs> last right. year. Like, we really screwed up and gave it to the wrong person. I think it's I'm fine with Young getting it, but to have Aiden Hutchinson ahead of him was 
ridiculous uh, with the season he had. So I, I like the Will Anderson. I mean, you and I thought Will Anderson was the best player in the country last year. So yeah. we were yeah. on the right side of that. All right, Daniel. Let's make our playoff pick. So in the semis, we've both got the same matchups. Who do you have winning your Peach Bowl at the end of the season? I have three elite teams in this this season, and there's only one of them in this game. So I have Georgia beating Clemson um, in this game. I think they win by at least 10 points in the matchup, um, just with what I believe both teams to be. Um, but, yeah, Georgia over Clemson. I thought it was interesting today. You know, we pay close attention to Bill Conley's FC+. Plus. Uh, big influence for our XPR. Obviously, he's he's best in the game when it comes to power ratings. I thought it was interesting. The gap between uh, three and four is about a touchdown. The yeah, teams ranked number three, and number four, power rated wise. So, uh, point spread wise, he has number three, Ohio State, as about a touchdown better than number four, Oklahoma. Uh, the points between Alabama one, Georgia two, and Ohio State three is about three points total. That gap to four is seven points. The gap between like four and 20 is also seven points. And so the gap between that top three and the field is, I mean, seven points is astronomical when you're talking about power rating and point spreads between two teams. So that's a lot. I'm with you. I've got Georgia out of the peach. I'm with you. And there's, I think there's three elite teams this year and Georgia's the only one in that game. I think that's some really good logic. Uh, I like Georgia by a touchdown in that game. 10 points. We'll see at the end of the year. I think Clemson's defense is really, really good, but mm. you and I have talked about it. I think Georgia's going to have the best offensive line in the country that, you know, uh, you could see a speed bump there with, you know, the recent injury to Tate Rattledge. We'll have to see how long that turf toe uh, lingers for, but regardless, they got a lot of depth, which is why we had them as the best unit. Uh, I like Georgia out of the peach as well. This is where we might have a disagreement. We'll see. Uh, semifinal. Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State, and Alabama. Who do you have coming out of that game? I'm going back and forth with this one. I think this is a phenomenal game. I do think these two teams will go score for score with one another um, and for different reasons. Uh, I just think that what it comes down to, so Ohio State's elite at wide receiver. Bama, I have questions at wide receiver, but I know – that Alabama has the best pass rush in college football. And I just think that if anyone is going to stop C.J. Stroud, it's going to be someone with an elite pass rush from both sides, from up the middle, sideline to sideline linebackers. I'm going to go Alabama. I think Alabama wins because of the defense. I do think that they they have some questions at receiver, questions at the offensive line. I don't think Ohio State can push them around on the offensive line and make that an issue for them. And I think that there's an, enough wins for Alabama out wide. And I'm talking about – I think it's going to be a hold-serve game. I think both teams are going to score regularly. I think that when it comes down to it, though, you're going to have – we've already mentioned him, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner. You're going to have these guys pinning their ears back knowing that they can come and get C.J. Stroud. And, uh, you know, it's there's only so much you can do for so long. You know, you could block them right the whole game, and then it's just like one or two plays at the end of the game that matter. I think that's what's going to do it. So I, th- I have Alabama by four points. Love it. All right. I'm picking Ohio State. 
I so Bama, I do think I don't know if there's a team in the country that can counter the front seven as far as like establishing a run game or, or beating that front seven up front. I don't know. There might be one. <laughs> uh, but if someone's going to do it, I think it's Ohio State, and here's why. I'll say if someone's going to get around it, it's Ohio State because if you look at Georgia in the SEC championship last year, Georgia was that team that had that unstoppable front seven, and Alabama could not run the ball, but they had the horses at receiver, and they had a quarterback who could get it out quickly and expose the secondary that isn't necessarily a weakness, but it was the weaker part of the team. And I don't think there's many teams on Alabama's schedule that is going to be able to expose their secondary, but Ohio State can. Ohio State can do it, and they can do it to anybody. So I think they can win that advantage when it comes to their offense versus Bama's defense. Uh, I do think Alabama's offense has an advantage over Ohio State's defense, but where I think it's kind of a strength versus weakness here, I do have questions about Alabama's receivers. I like Ohio State secondary, and so again, can they get can they get a couple stops? Because I think they can score at will on almost everybody. Like I think this is almost like that that Clemson Ohio State game from 2019. I mean, it is a shame we didn't get to see that Ohio State team play LSU uh, in 2019. But kind of like that, what was it, like 29-28, like a low-scoring in 30s kind of game. That's how I could see this this Ohio State-Bama matchup going. Uh, it's a matchup I'm dying to see. So as a college oh, yeah. football fan, it's I what need we to deserve. see We have to see off. this. Yeah. Right. Whether it's semifinals so, or a national championship, they have to play. So I've got Ohio State. So, Daniel, your national championship, you've got uh, an undefeated Georgia against a one-loss Alabama. Uh, and then I've got an undefeated Georgia against an undefeated Ohio State. Daniel, who is your 2022 national champion? I have Alabama doing what Georgia did to them last year. They lose the SEC championship, and then they atone for it by winning the next game. I think that this is a couple things. So obviously, I think that that matters a little bit, the fact that they will have played each other. Um, and then I just think that the confidence coming off of beating an Ohio State team that is that good – I think it's going to matter to um, Bama. I think that they are going to – they're going to have enough and they're going to play a Georgia team that, you know, I think that they can – you know, if if it is a, a, a shootout, I think, you know, are you going to – you know, Bryce Young or you want Stetson Bennett? Um, I think Georgia does a good job holding up against that pass rush. But like I said before, it only takes – you know, one or two plays for it to manifest itself in the course of the game. Um, I have Alabama by three points in that game. We looked at, so you've got Alabama over Georgia in the Natty. I've got, you know, Ohio State and Georgia. I'm going to pick Ohio State over Georgia for the national championship. So Ohio State, I think you look at that team last year, you're like, man, they, they really did waste a really good offense. Like, how good does the defense have to be to not waste that offense? And similarly, Georgia last season, after the SEC championship, people were thinking, are they gonna are they about to waste this defense? Like a historically good defense. How good does the offense have to be against these elite teams? I'm looking at Ohio State, I'm looking at Georgia. Georgia will not be as good as they were last year, right? Like that deep like so that defense, I think Ohio State could tear up. I just think Ohio State's offense 
is going to be the best in the country and by a lot best best in the country. And you look at, of course, I'm going to mention Bill Conley again, but his SC plus numbers, Ohio State's offense is a touchdown better than the second best offense. And to put that in perspective, that same gap from like two to like 25, same kind of gap. Like it is elite, that offense. So this offense is so good. I do think we talked about it. I do believe in Jim Knowles coming in and fixing the scheme. These players were out of position last year. They have talent on this roster. This is Ohio State. This isn't a rebuilding team. They didn't misfire coach. This is a team that has four and five stars that played sloppy last year. And this is this is the kind of scheme that they can come in. He even brought, brought over some of his best players from Oklahoma State to help run the scheme. They've simplified the language. I think you can get him in the right spot and get enough stops. Uh, I like Ohio State to win it all this year. So I'm kind of going uh, all my eggs in one basket. Heisman Coach of the Year, national champion with, uh, with Ohio State. So, Daniel, you've got Alabama. I've got Ohio State. And here's the thing, man. Injuries could derail this whole thing. So there's, there's really no skill in these projections. It's fun to talk about. Right. Uh, it's it's fun to pick and predict, but there's no skill in this. Our guess is as good as anybody else's. But I will say, I would put money on Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, and the field. Like, one of those three teams is going to win the national championship. I can confidently predict that. You in the same boat? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, I mean, like we said, there's three elite teams. Um, they just have done the work roster-wise, and none of them are deficient at head coach. None of them are deficient with any of the coaching personnel. And it's like – Not anymore. In, <laughs> in, in, a, in a season, in a uh, – you know, college football is so unpredictable because, you know, if there are injuries or anything like that. But the biggest remedy for that is to just have depth. So if any of these teams have injuries – I mean, they've got guys who were just as highly recruited. Yes, it sounds crazy, but if Will Anderson got hurt, there's another five-star that Alabama has recruited to play comparable to what he's doing, you know, and then so on and so forth. You go through any of the stars on either one of these teams, they're only stars because we know their names already, but there are stars yet to be named once they're the starters. So these three teams are elite. It's elite depth. And that, that's the difference in the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, and the field. There, there's some there's some teams who have good depth, but you look at someone like a Utah. If Utah loses a guy who's a star, like it really can derail their we'll entire set them season. Back. Yeah, right. Versus you know those three teams losing a guy, they can probably make up for it uh, within the year. So, Daniel, that concludes our 2022 season preview predictions picks. You know what that now, means. We got, we got real games. games. Daniel, what's one thing you're looking forward to this Saturday, week zero? I got two games that I will watch all of. Uh, I think we well, have the same two games that we're going to watch all of. What, what are your What are your two games? Uh, the Nebraska Northwestern, just because it's on Fox and it's the earliest good game. And then, of course, I got to watch the SEC boys out there on the West, uh, on the West Coast, past the West Coast. <laughs> Vandy, Vandy, an SEC team traveling to Hawaii. And Bro, the Vanderbilt Fighting Barton Center. I'm going to stay up and watch it. I mean, heck yeah! I need to see every. That's the only game that Absolutely. I'm probably going to watch every minute of for Vanderbilt this year. So yeah, shout out to Barton uh, Simmons, friend of the show. 
go Commodores, man. They they gotta give they gotta beat that two and a half win total. They Dude, need this go one. doors. All right, it's not go Commodores. doors. The, the, the doors. Uh, go doors. I'll throw a couple deep cuts. I will be watching Illinois and Wyoming. I'm excited to see what this Illinois offense looks like, especially against a Wyoming team who did get depleted. They had a lot of transfers out, but they were pretty good last year. And uh, FAU and Charlotte. That will be a it's a touchdown spread. That'll be a close game. Uh, that's on CBS as well, 7 p.m. So that'll what be like about a Florida teaser. State and Duquesne. I am excited to watch and see what Florida State looks like, but man, you can't spell Duquesne that way and then tell me it's going to be a close game. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Jake, Jacob is over <laughs> against Duquesne so far with saying it correctly. I remember you said something. It was like February, and you said, "I want it, look, if you've never you're seen like, that's du- how what it says." If you've never seen Duquesne spelled, and you're listening to this right now on audio or watching on YouTube, I want you to pause it and write down what you think Duquesne spells like, and then go look up if Florida State's playing week zero. I promise you, you're going to be shocked. <laughs> I am, I cannot be the only one who is – I'm not going to sound it out because then you'll know the spelling. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we got real college football games. We'll be back next week to talk week one picks and predictions. We'll start doing two pods a week, recapping the previous week. We got real games, man. Talking season's over. Let's watch some football. Let's do it. You can follow us on social media at the Extra Point Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You could follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. That will do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. See you.